I'm sorry. I'll just put in the chat, will there be full after the revolution? No. My answer is yes. Start your sublight engines. It's time for Repop's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to our Andor coverage about episode six, The Eye. I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. Uh, you can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. Um, my Andor theme gender of the week is brought to you by my partner, Claire. There is an I in lesbian. And also there are lesbians in this episode called The Eye. So we did it, Joe. I love we did some, it. I love some wordplay. I mean, we did it, guys. I don't know how else people would have considered. I mean, when they reunite, gay they better people, kiss on the mouth. Yeah, they they better kiss on the mouth, or I will consider it homophobia. But like, we did it, Joe. Like, and they survived. I I truly am I'm flabbergasted. It was at the cost of watching all of Nemec's bones crunch. So. <laughs> yeah, it's- it got very dark. Rise of Skywalker so. lesbians found it in Miami. Uh. <laughs> I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is The Climb by Miley Cyrus from Handor Montandor. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> that's why I love the Handor Montandor movie. You know, oh, yeah, me too. That's, that's what I'm calling Rogue One from now on. <laughs> he wears the same, um, the Hannah Montana wig is uh, the same one that uh, Price wears. They pass it around. No. I like the idea that for- the traveling Hannah Montana wig? No, that's Luthen. For his role is Clem. I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on social media pretty much everywhere at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is both about Andor and about another really pressing set of things that's happened on the internet. Um, current avatar of the eye, Cassian Andor, not clickbait. <laughs> I knew that there was, I was like, I, this episode's called the eye. I couldn't not make a Magnus Archives joke. I'm so sorry. No, but there's no way that Cassian is an avatar of the eye. That bitch is not seeing. <laughs> He's not no, doing that. Yeah. Um, I really needed to combine two things from the show and make a joke about the Magnus Archives. I was not looking for internal consistency. That is a flop on my part. <laughs> Who in the Andor crew is Agnes Montague coded? Vel. <laughs> Vel is ordering a black coffee and not drinking it. Ooh, She's like, so mm, with room for milk. Oh not my God. putting any milk in. Her slave. We oh cannot talk about those archives. I'm so sorry. Cinta and her Jack Barnabas era. Hi, my name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week is Kamala Harris era Luthen. No. Oh, oh that's so. <laughs> no, no, because when he ran to the back to have his little laugh, that was like in that was like her video, her little video. We did it, Joe. You're gonna be president. Yeah, we did it, Mel. You're gonna be a rebel. What's the name of Kamala his... Harris quoted of him? Okay, the Joe Bidenification of Vel. Clea. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, Clea is his assistant, so we we did it, Clea. Obviously. No, but Vel is the one who won. She's the one who got the tea. I guess. Hi, I'm Ollie. I use any pronouns, and you can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. That's fresh with a PH. And my gender this week being live action piss reveal. Because that is the first time I think we have seen someone piss in live action. We have seen someone piss on screen before. That was Wedge Antilles in that episode of Rebels. We can assume he was pissing because his penis was out and MP5 did see it. 
I'm really hoping that he was just going to the potty, but we'll never know. Um, but I just want to say it's a big win for people who love piss. Did, okay, whoa, this. whoa. There's so many layers to this thing that you just said. <laughs> because you've also implied that Wedge Antilles was masturbating in the bathroom. I mean, we don't know Wedge in the bathroom. No, not like no. no. Wedge, in the away. Wedge in the bathroom by okay. himself with a revival. So. I just think, you know, it's a really big day for piss enjoyers. Uh, I think that, that's <laughs> exactly nobody, what I'm saying. Thank you. Nobody said go piss, girl. Okay, I just want to say it was a really well-written episode. Like, the tension. I mean, that's kind of been the thesis of this whole show is like, yeah, I got no notes. I do have actually a couple notes on this episode, but like, it was it was just genuinely good TV. And like, I saw a couple people on TikTok being like, oh, why is no one talking about this show? I'm like, because nobody has any notes. Everyone's like, great. Can't wait for the next episode. Like, what am I going to say? And there's, and it's not like written for an algorithm or written to make people talk. It's just like written for good storytelling. So I'm like, cool. Can't wait to see what happens next week. I wanted to say that this episode was like so stressful. You, you mentioned the tension. That was like some of the thickest tension in a while. The entire time I was watching it, I was just like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. Why is this happening? I just realized, oh, I'm making connections. Okay. <laughs> As we all know, oh God, I keep on wanting to say Skier. That's not his name. Skeen. Skeen. I almost said Skeet and I was like, mm, I don't know if that one's true. Anyways. <laughs> as we all know plays Carmi's cousin on the bear the the episode when they're the part of the episode where they're taking the imperial payroll which so many people some of who are in this zoom call with me currently thought that that was just gonna be a list of people who were getting paid and not me and Daniel was a one Okay, like don't limp yourself in like, with him. I would like to speak. I would like to speak. Don't wish time. I'll name names. I think it's very evident who it is. Yeah, it's not <laughs> fucking Claudia, me. It's, Claudia, it's not fucking no, me. The payroll are the people who they are They showed it! Claudia! Claudia! They showed it in an episode! They showed okay, it on the base! Also, okay. wait, why would it? Why would anyone want to steal a list of people getting paid? It's you for intelligence! Like, like, for intelligence! You fool! I'm so they can go kill sure. their families in the night. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's like I'm Batman. I'm a fool because I thought that someone would want to steal something that is public fucking record. Also, I'm sorry. Why are they... I thought Imperial credits did not look like fucking gold ingots. Like, and, and why are they, why are they, like, and why are they storing so many Imperial Meanwhile, credits there? Don't they just direct deposit them? Don't they just direct they, deposit them into the people's accounts? You would why think they... that. Claudia, do you know how banks work? I just need to know. But they're not a bank. They're POV. Imperial they're military POV. base. I... POV, we teach Claudia about the Federal guys, we've Guys, we've spent over five minutes talking oh, about this. Me. Oh, I wanted to hear about what Mel's Federal point. Of, Reserve. No, I want to hear about what Mel's point about the fucking bear was. But are, you, are you saying Aldani is Fort fucking Knox? Perhaps, because Fort Knox also, is also before mm. before we before I let Mel get back to finishing their point. I just want to say, I'm pretty sure in one of the previous episodes they they do like talk about how it is the money for all these like 
people being paid, not just a list of well, all the people have who are it being paid. The payroll. The, the, That's what it's the, fucking called. No, I'm, it's not. I, yes, the it is, Claudia. <laughs> Claudia, okay, I'm fucking Mel? telling you. That's what it's called. I'm gonna Mel, look it up. finish your bear point. I have a headache. <laughs> I was trying to make a little jokey, and the tension in the Zoom call got quite bad. Anyways, point is. That motherfucker Skeen, Skeet, whatever the fuck his name is. This was just like in The Bear. That scene where they're like pushing all of the credits onto the ship. That is what every episode of The Bear feels like. Go watch The Bear. Um, I will say Skeen has, from the very first moment I saw him, I was like, that bitch reminds me of someone else in Star Wars. And I just realized who it was. I realized who it was like last week. But I'm like, why does he give me crosshair vibes? And now I know why. You're so right. No, because like I think it's the hairline. Yeah, I I from the moment I first saw Skeen too, I was just like, I don't know. The vibe, the vibe here is off. I don't like this man. I was thinking about what's his name from the fucking The Last Jedi, the the one guy who's just there. DJ? The casino. Yeah, him. That was the kind of Latino excellence. Leave him alone. Oh, no, don't I'll... let him be your king, please. I didn't say he was my king, but I did say it. No. No. Um, Skeen's, like, whole hashtag betrayal moment near the end of the episode. First of all, I'm not going to lie. I know it's just clowning on Claudia for a complete lack of common sense, but I was having one of those moments myself because I was like, maybe he's just seeming like an absolute asshole because he wants, like, Cassian to agree with him. And he's going to be like, see, I knew you didn't care about the rebellion. Now I'm going to kill you. That's not what was happening at all. Uh, but, well, me personally, I got a little bit lost. Frankly, I thought it was very slay that Cassian Andor got rewarded narratively um, for shooting a counter-revolutionary and not, so not even giving him a chance. Like, you're so done. So true. Not Goodbye. even a second thought. He was like, Goodbye. please die. I mean, he's a king who understands, like, job stability. And he was just like, yeah, I'm not fucking with a ton of money that the Empire wants. He's like, I literally just want to, like, find my sister be left alone he's like sure jan okay i i i think he shot him just because he was stupid he was like and you really think you're gonna get away with that okay you're done like <laughs> and he's so slave for that no he said vel is very is having a big issue right now she just had to leave her mama behind her girly behind and then she had to put watch nemic get put down she's in a too fragile state to have to deal with your betrayal i'm just gonna kill you so that was honestly lesbian allyship. He is a lesbian ally. Um, speaking of uh, Nemec's crunch rap moment, uh, I will be honest when he, because I, I, I look at spoilers before I watch the episode. I'm not walking in blind to anything. This is a fact of life about me. So I knew who's going to die, but wow, I was surprised that that's how he went out. Like, and at first I'm not, like I went through kind of like a cycle with it where I was like, that's a really stupid way to kill off a character whose whole thing is like, like dying for the revolution is he's accidentally crushed behind a box. However, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I actually feel it's sort of fitting because part of what I like about Andor is like the realization that the rebellion as a concept is not a casualty free environment in like any sense of the word. And like, yeah, he was a really good guy. Would it have been more poetic for him to go out in like a, some kind of blaze of glory? Probably, but like occasionally accidents just happen. And that's like the shitty reality of being a part of that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, not to quote Griffin McElroy, but like, not all exits are created equal. So it's like, sometimes when people leave your life, and sometimes when people leave a narrative, like, the reason that it is 
like that is to show, like Noah said, like, it sucks that that happened to him, but it happened to him because the point is that he was like, no, the for the rebellion, everything's for the rebellion, which in the end it was, but like, ultimately his death is so tragic because they had basically escaped. Yeah, like, exactly. They were basically in the clear and it's like you, you build up this character who's so idealistic and then have to be like, well, sorry to him. A well, Taz and reference like, and a Magnus Archives reference. You're you're on thin fucking ice. No, right listen. Now. I just need to find a way to get a Welcome to Night Vale reference in, and then I can go to podcast jail. I can provide. No, but like, and on on that note too, because I I obviously everyone's making parallels between this episode and Rogue One, and like generally speaking of like the whole like the disposability of the rebels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But one thing that I find really compelling about this, like Ollie was saying about the whole like it's ultimately tragic because his death is almost of like no real consequence. Like he dies by a completely random accident. We were talking last episode about how like Nemec was kind of Bodhi Rook coded. Uh, and I find that a key difference in the two of them is that Bodhi does get to die in like what I would call like a meaningful way. And Nemec is not afforded that, um, which I, I'm not sure like what, I like about that, like, I can't, I, I don't really have the words for it, but I do like that it was a decision that was made. Um, also, at least for Cassian, because I feel like part of his development is, like, giving a shit about other people. And, like, sometimes that's just how it goes. Shitty things happen. It sucks. I will say, these rebels are kind of dumb. Because the fact that they only had one guy who could read the fucking machine. So they're like, we got to keep him alive long enough so he can give us fucking directions. I'm like... So wait, you only have, you didn't have a guy who could drive the thing. You only have one guy who knows how to fucking read the machine. Like, really, guys? Really? Like, no wonder Luthen was like, I think you guys need some help. Because there was some stupidity here. There was like, well, and even, even earlier in the episode when they're like, showing every single person their faces. And I'm assuming that then Sinta had to go kill every single one who was left, including that child, because... Everybody had seen their fucking faces. As like, she yeah, should. Good for we, her. We hid in the mountains forever, but now we're just going to show everybody our fucking faces. I'm like, these people are dumb. They're kind of stupid. Like, not to, okay, not to okay, love but, rebels, but Hera would never. No, but see, if I could if I could argue against that, I feel that's not so much a flaw of this narrative as it is a feature. Like, these people from minute one have been forced to throw a plan together under the literal lowest possible circumstances with almost like when they say they're a bare bones crew, they are a bare bones fucking crew. Everybody had one job that they were capable of doing. And that was literally it. And I feel like the whole, like this plan is kind of a long shot and probably wasn't going to work out as best as it, like, frankly, the fact that it worked out at all, I was surprised. It was like, Oh, wow. They made it off the base. I didn't see that coming. But like, I feel like part of what made that compelling for me was like, they really were going for it with pretty much nobody. And I, I think that rather than saying like, they're stupid, it's more just, they are five people trying to rob a fascist, like military base in the middle of fucking nowhere. I feel it, it enhances that story because of the fact that they're sort of like bad at this. <laughs> like I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, like they, they, they aren't hashtag paid actors at the riots. They're, like, people who are, like, everyday individuals who have beef with the Empire and are taking, quite literally, the most direct action to be like, you should die. <laughs> um, but I, 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 well, I, well I, the only thing I'll say is I almost want to wait to see and judge them on that because, like, it, from when we first meet them, especially Vel, it seems like they're very much 
not connected with a lot of other people like they like to me it's like if they were just like five people on their own i i get it but like when she was talking with luthan and whatever it did feel like they were connected to at least something larger so that it felt like they were a little twitter, twitter mutuals okay all right so true mon mothma is in luthan's dms yeah i just it felt like they were a bit more experienced because they like they were very like oh we're covert operators whatever whatever and like that they were definitely connected with more than just like it's not just like him and the squad so that's why i want to know like i guess i want to see how many more people are connected to luthan before i'm like oh yeah these bitches were just doing their fucking best that i actually think is a really interesting thing i saw on twitter at skywalker thrawn was talking about this and had brought up like how interesting the juxtaposition of vel being like like completely fucking alone being like the only I mean, her and Cinta, obviously, but Cinta doesn't really get to celebrate that. Not that Vel's really celebrating either. But that last shot of Vel being like, okay, well, we did it, but at what cost to, like, being on the ground, to Luthen in his office being like, yes, like, cheering, like, we did it, Joe. Like, he's so excited that they did it when it's like, what did you do? And that, I think, is a really big question of, like, that I think this show is, like, it. I think it was clearly intentional of saying, like, what is the actual... Um, cost of the rebellion and what is the cost to people who are at the top and what is the cost to people who have wealth and what is the cost to people who aren't putting their literal lives on the line and maybe we'll see that Luthen's doing other shit because we do know he's done stuff on the ground when he went to go like get Cassian but I'm just really interested by that juxtaposition I'll say the one thing for Luthen is I don't think he knows how many of them have survived at this point and I think also they said at some point like this is his like last ditch like if if, oh, if yeah. this gets i'm not i want to make it clear like i'm not coming for luthan no no no, like, no, no. i just think I it's think i think it's are. okay cool i just want to make it clear i'm just I, saying i think it's interesting like to yeah. see that so it's like regardless of what he knows it's just the fact that he's like yeah yeah i think it was more like a not a personal victory thing or whatever but him being like i really didn't think this was gonna fucking happen and him taking a moment to be like let me just celebrate the wins because we've been taking a lot of lo lot of losses many l's if one could say um that's that why his name starts with l okay all right um but yeah i i felt like it was more of like a personal thing for him because i feel like he's been the one kind of in a desperate spot lately like Mon when Mon Mothma like turned it back on him and was like girl i mean aren't you a little desperate and like he's clearly being de like they're they're both kind of desperate um so and i i know i don't know i don't know if it's like a per, more of a personal thing than another thing but like i do like the the different parts of the the i guess the class pieces i feel like that's what they're building to with mon mothma when they had that scene of her and like no one's listening to her about like the about the gormans and we know that eventually like she she gets got because of the gormans so um is that what they're called um I'll be interested to see like how how I, I'll be interested to see like how that plays out for her because it she's now also at that part of like she is at the at the top privilege wise. I'm realizing that this was like the mid season kind of thing, and that was <sighs> makes sense now why a lot happened. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, with Luthen, him being happy, because yeah, like you said, he doesn't realize 
what they've lost yet. Literally the whole team besides like Vel and Cinta, who we don't even know how Cinta's gonna get back to them because just like they they left her. They they had it in the plan. They were like, "We'll see you. Like we're gonna rendezvous. Like we'll we'll see yeah, where we're supposed I to guess. meet." So for Luthen, he's just he, just hearing the news of like, oh yeah, there's a a rebel like incident on Aldani, and he's just like, oh my god, yeah, the girlies, they did it. Oh my god, oh, but it'll be interesting to see how he reacts next episode, maybe. Especially he is he is Kamala Harris, and and they're the people doing the grassroots Not- knocking on doors. <laughs> On an unrelated note, I guess two unrelated notes. The other two things that I really, really heard about this episode, obviously, like the eye, as a, like a an actual scene, was so insanely cool. Um, because I I I remember in the last couple of episodes being like, okay, we better get to see this like insanely bizarre cosmic phenomenon thing that like you built up, and it was worth the wait. Uh, it was really cool. I was like, this is one of the prettiest shots I've seen in this franchise like ever. I loved it. Um, the other thing was, I think my favorite moment of this episode was probably when Vel is, like, actively stalling because she, like, when I, the Oscar-winning acting in that, in that scene, because, like, she's visibly terrified of actually starting this, and I was like, this shit's good. Star Wars, please, dear God, make the rest of your shows this good. I can't keep doing this. Because, like, it was genuinely very moving to me. I, I liked that we got to see her outside of the like the fearless leader archetype she's kind of been, I think, forced to occupy the last couple episodes. And it made her a lot more well-rounded of a character. And I really enjoyed seeing it of her being like, holy shit, we could really, like, we might all die doing this, but we have to do it anyway. Like, it was a great moment and I loved it. I really liked that scene. I also, I think my favorite parts of this episode were the... um the the native people to Aldani coming to see the eye and like seeing like that kind of juxtaposed with like the empire and then also just like rem- like reminiscing about like the last like I guess arc of this show of like all of the people of um Ferrix is that the planet um like banging on um all the metal to to scare the the corporate the corpos or whatever um and just like how how that in itself is resistance to fascism and like how they are fighting back through hope and joy and love and celebrating the the world around them um and how it's so it's this show is just such a interesting thing as a just a viewer and seeing other people's reactions to it because like just getting to see people realize like oh like the imperials being like Oh, the, the, the stupid indigenous people and their stupid little stinky customs. First of all, fuck you. Die for real. Goodbye. Second of all, sorry. I'm a little angry about that. The, the part where he fucking threw the pelt into the fire, I was like, mm, so true, King. You are my best friend. Also, you got you got translated subtitles. Let's go. But just seeing people realize like, oh, like, so like, that's the fascist girlies. That's what they're doing. That's mm, interesting. Uh, but yeah. No, but you're so right, Mel, about like the whole like indigenous people moment there versus like the the shitty fascist like imperials. I also really love that part where like Gorn is translating, but he like does not <laughs> translate something else. He's like, oh yeah, they, they say this or clearly that um the the leader 
Aldani person was not being very nice about the whole situation, but Gorn was just like, mm-hmm, they're, they're saying this. I'm so sad about Gorn. Gorn, yeah. early, you didn't deserve that. Gorn, you were slay until the very end. I've seen people be like, what if Gorn's alive? I'm like, mm, I don't know, girlies. I don't know about that. Um, but something I will say about this show is I feel like it is one of the few times where I've really felt the like the influence of the empire like i think that it's like we see it a lot and obviously it's like oh well clearly it's like a police state like there's all of this stuff going on you see it in basically every piece of star wars media that takes place during the reign of the empire or even after but i think that this show has very unique perspective in that it tells us exactly how the Imperials are thinking about it and the exact tactics that they are taking to disenfranchise people and to, um, like, systemically break cultures. And I think that's a really, it's a really interesting, like, very refreshing take so that people can stop being like, well, the Empire was just trying to bring peace to the galaxy. Like, no, dumbass. This show is saying, no, you're fucking dumb. It very much reminded me of in Rebels in like the first few episodes when, you know, Ezra realizes like, oh, these people aren't just like random pirates. And he, and like, they go to like a shanty town that like the empire created. It is very much like that is very much the scene in this where they were like, oh, well, we created a way that they can come see the eye, even though now we've displaced them far down the river um, kind of thing. Uh, it, it was, it was very similar. And I'm just like, the rebels and the Andor girlies were like this, um, but it was, it was what was interesting to me was that it not only shows it like in the particulars of what they're actually doing, but then we also got like the visual metaphor as well, like the shots of the eye. This is like this beautiful, almost spiritual thing that is occurring, and then we have all these like very Star Wars shots and almost like very like cinematic uh, shots of like them getting into the into the Tie Fighters and stuff like on top of the eye and then we see them like flying up against it it was like it's like a very like they get, you get the like visual and metaphorical view of it versus the versus the like actual view of it and i was like wow okay all right so we're doing all of it in this episode okay um it was like now that's what i call filmmaking <laughs> i was gonna say something about how i have seen like some dumb people being like wow, this show really showing you how the, that the Rebels were kind of just as bad. And I'm just like, that is not the takeaway, you dumbass. That no, is not what's happening. I have some people too being like, um, guys, the Rebels took people hostage and literally threatened them. And like, that's basically the same thing. I don't know what people on Twitter.com think a revolution is or how it starts or what that word means. But well... I'm kind of over it. I'm like, you guys really can't be this stupid all the time. Just because, like, this show is so explicit and so clear. And I like that, um, like, we've brought up, like, the juxtaposition between, like, this is the Empire and how they, like, have to attempt to culturally homogenize the entire galaxy to make it function under fascism. And there are still people watching this show and going, well, the rebels to people hostage, that's, like, basically the same thing. It really, really isn't. And, like no successful revolution in human history has been won or well accomplished by being like, are they going to vote the empire out? Is that what people are? No, because I'm serious. There are people watching the show where I'm like, do you guys think if you simply like, you're like, ah, oh, guys, vote blue against Darth Vader. 
Are you deranged? Are were you born yesterday? That's Mon Mothma's husband and daughter. They're like, have you voted? That's okay. Leda's a child, so I'm gonna give her the leave. You are not seeing heaven. Listen, I was I was politically active at her age. There, there are people on the internet who I'm so amazed by because they're fully watching this, being like, well, maybe if they'd voted for Hillary instead of Sidious, we wouldn't be here. Are you stupid? That being said, and also kind of wrapping all of these ideas together, I think that, yeah, this narrative is telling you that the rebels are right. Like, the entire scene where they're flying up into the eye and Cassian's like, okay, I don't know where the fuck I'm going. Like, hey, Nemec, I know your chest is all broken and you're high-key dying, but, like, could you tell me where to go? And the, um, the TIE fighters are getting, like, hit with all of this, like, detritus that's coming from the natural world that is in the most, like... Star Wars sense. That is the force saying, fuck you guys. Die right now. Like, I, I cannot, it, it boggles the mind that people are like, oh, but like, they were kind of fucked up for that. Like, okay, okay. I think that's a really good example of, and like, I, I was scared, like, oh, is this show going to have like the magic? It doesn't have to have Jedi. Does it have the magic? I think that this was one of those moments that Rogue One does it really well as well, um, where whether or not the characters themselves believe in the force or whatever like you can you can feel it it doesn't it doesn't have to feel fantastical one might say but it felt it felt magical in that sense and it felt very like i mean it was there for a purpose you know how in like where people will say like oh there's plot armor like of course whatever whatever it didn't feel like oh well of course they die or whatever like it 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 felt like righteous i feel like that's the wrong word to use but it didn't feel like, oh, well, they have to be the ones who survive or something. Like, it, it, I don't know. Just like the rest of the show, it felt very grounded, even though it was literally the opposite. Um, also, shout out to ILM. I know you guys just popped off with that whole sequence. With that hole? Sorry. You're done. Hole? We're talking about hole? I can get into talking about hole. Anyway, um, vote for hole this election. The other thing about, like, about, like, the whole, like, the groundedness versus, like, you know, like, having Jedi at present or absent in a Star Wars story. I, I think something that I really like about this and Rogue One, it, it just, obviously, you can have really human stories with the Jedi involved in it, <clears throat> read the higher public. But, like, I feel that, broadly speaking, when Jedi get involved, I lose the sense of, like, I don't know humans like people like a story that is just about people experiencing things i feel they like lose that whenever jedi get involved because they have this very grandiose nature to them that i find really exciting about andor like i actually care about all these characters a lot i only met them a couple episodes ago but they're all individually quite compelling and i think that's in part because they're not in any way really different from actual human beings they have no special power they have no lightsabers they have no guiding force in their like they just are people who are trying to make it work and i find that really really interesting uh, and i'm really i'm honestly quite happy about it i wasn't sure because i i like jedi a lot as like a group of people but i'm really enjoying the show without them i, I will say uh, to that point that like i think the issue with jedi characters or like net narratives about jedi especially in this point in star wars like the rebellion era clone wars fall of the jedi is that they are so it's not only that they are they're seeking non-attachment they're almost detached completely from like sense like sensibilities that make people feel 
like people like selfishness a sense of like wanting things um and like not being okay with that and that's why anakin is so like feeling out of place in the jedi order at its end is because he like has these like desires and everyone's like oh but dude just just don't i think that's also why kanan and ezra are really compelling characters that people come back to is that they exist in this space of they are Jedi, they they do practice non-attachment, but they exist in, but they grew up in or had to hide themselves or whatever. So they have, they act like regular people and they have regular people wants. Like Ezra's whole thing is like, he has a gun saber and that, but, and that's like, it's funny, but it also like very much is a picture of like what he grew up in, what he values, whatever. And like, eventually that changes or whatever, but like, the way that Kanan dies and then the way that like Ezra leaves is not like, you know, oh, yes, you one could compare it to like Obi-Wan or whatever, like sacrificing himself, whatever. But they're they are sacrificing they are sacrificing themselves in the same way. Like Ezra isn't like going out in like a big blaze of Jedi glory. Yes, he's like holding Don't you score? Yeah, like he was calling some whales, but like, you know, whatever that's fine. But like it was him like crawling into the vents. Kanan's like last act to like help Hera was not like planned, was not whatever. It was just him like holding back some flames and then just like dying. And then like, that's not the last battle. He doesn't, his his death, they have to like move on from it and whatever. And he doesn't die like a consequential, like they are so different from other other characters. And like Kanan, you find out about his backstory and like, you know, he he has lived a whole life not as like almost not as a jedi so he thinks and has wants and not just hera but he has wants and and needs and stuff and thinks like a regular person i think that also is why rebels has a good balance which is interesting but yeah i think for andor i think what's interesting is you can have these regular people whatever but i like one thing that i love about the high republic is that they talk about like how does the force influence your life even if you're not a force user whether or not you believe in it and it's very present in rogue one you have people and their belief you know you have true whatever um and here like you know we have it we have like the kyber crystals we have the kind of we have in this episode we have the aldanis and their belief and that kind of thing um and like i think a big part of this show is when people are like oh it's so different from star wars and i'm like no, it actually is the most like the rest of Star Wars, like from Nemec being like, oh, let's talk about the, you know, how mercenaries are in it. That's Han Solo to like how are regular people affected by the force? That's everyone in Star Wars except for Luke and Leia. Like, you know, I think it's very or, you know, there's you'll have Han Solo who goes from I don't believe that it exists to that's not how the force works. So that kind of thing. Like, I think that like it all plays into this thing of like Andor is the most Star Wars Star Wars. We've almost come back to the start, if you one one could say. I lesbians. That's oh, yeah. my thoughts. We we did it. I, I I will say I have I have one criticism of this episode that not a lot of people have brought up that made it kind of difficult. Cause I wanted to be like, we did it, Joe, about the lesbians. And to be fair, I'm still not gonna like ring the like let's give him a glad award bow until we get maybe a little bit more even though it's still pretty big the fat stuff i need to discuss it because yeah it's not it's not great it it's was not 
it was something that at first I was like, well, maybe it was unintentional because I feel like that kind of stuff happens. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, no, no, that was fucked up on purpose, huh? Yeah. And well, and that's the thing is everything in this show is on purpose and it's so wonderful. So for this to happen, I was like, oh, that was on purpose. That that felt bad. So basically, like, you know, we have that line of Cassians in an earlier episode and they put it in the trailer of like, oh, they're so fat and happy and whatever. And like, I get it. There is a historical precedence of associating fatness with you know excess excess thank you with with excess and with fascism and with whatever but it's very much like a you know if you make fun of the uh shitty oppressed person the only person you hurt are other oppressed people not that person kind of deal here um shout out to the people who made fat phobic jokes jokes about trump you were doing nothing there uh you were not helping the rest of us um it was basically kind of like that here where they were where they were like oh we're gonna introduce this shitty imperial character and his whole thing is and this is not the first time star wars has done this they just decided to do it very explicitly on screen this time um shout out to delian moores and lords of the sith she was our first canon lesbian character she's also a drug, a drug addict and canonically fat and it was the same trope great amazing um but so basically this character is introduced and they're like yeah he's fat because he doesn't care and he thinks every everybody sucks and he's a shit ass person and oh man look how we can't buckle his belt look how horrible he is i'm like well he's horrible because he's a fascist so why are we associating that with being fat and being lazy when he's not lazy he spends all day subjugating people let's think about that um and then and the icing and i was like okay like fine i'll let it slide and then the icing of the cake was somehow we were in a battle with bull with blaster shots ricocheting everywhere and this man dies from a heart attack a heart attack like first of all um you know for any um assigned male at birth people in the audience um you know there are there uh people should know the signs of uh of signs of a heart attack and things that cause it no it is not just being fat um and it's a, it's a harmful thing in media. We should know it's not just, oh, that he's fat and then something stressful is happening. That's not the case. Anybody of any any weight that can happen at his age, especially. Um, but for it to be like, and Gorn has this whole moment of like, you're the worst fucking boss ever. At least Gorn should have been able to kill him before he went out. And instead they were like, here's our fat character. Look how stupid he is and terrible. Not because he's a fascist, but because he can't buckle his belt. And then he's gonna die of a heart attack. And you're like, is this a joke? Is this interest? Is this fun? As a queer fat person watching this, I was like, oh, so I won one and then I lost one. This is so fun for me. And also like having read The High Republic where there are many slay fat characters, I was like, mm, Tony Gilroy, what was your reason for doing this? Because I know it was on purpose. Um, was it a commentary about Trump? Because I hate it. Um, it wasn't good. To um, be fair, he wasn't like wearing a wig and being like... <laughs> I know, I know, but also I do know white liberals in Hollywood do love to do shit like that, and I'm like, mm -hmm, okay. So like, true. Everyone say, was... everyone say thank you, Chekhov's fat joke. Part of it is I can see how they're like, oh, we did something with that. We served with that. And it's like, no, did you? I think that was the most obnoxious part where they were like, see, we did something. And I'm like, no, you really didn't do anything with that. Also, <laughs> was did feel a little hateful that the two black characters died and we just did not get really any closure with that. It was just like, yeah, bye guys. The uh, only black character left is the Imperial guy. That's it. They've all died. And also the fact that they were like, 
Here's our black character, Terramin. Black people can only have two jobs in Star Wars. Be a former Imperial or be... Lando Calrissian. Be, or be, be Lando Cal... There's three jobs. Be Lando Calrissian or be bisexual and an incel, like Ray Sloan. <laughs> like, Ray, Ray Sloan is female incel uh, no, representation. No, she is, but it's like... Now, I, I'm not saying that Terramin being a stormtrooper is like a bad choice. Like, I do think it's very interesting. But it is just funny how they're like, he was a stormtrooper. And that's all you need to know about him. I had this fear when they were announcing the the cast. And they were like, oh, it's super diverse. And I was like, oh, it seems like it. And then I started counting the number of characters. And I don't like to do that. But I was like, wow, there seems to be a lot of characters. And, you know, in Star Wars, some are more main and some are more behind or whatever. But as we're seeing, like, there's a lot of different B-plots happening. And, like, there, other than Cassian, it seems like there aren't as many main characters. But if you look at, like, the all of the B-plots. So you have, like, Cassian and the Rebels is, like, the A-plot. And the B plots are like Deidre Miro, Luthen in his little shop, Cyril Karn, and there's one more. Mon Mothma. Oh, sorry. And, and Mo- there's Mo- and Mon Mothma, and then our little supervisor guy who is now on on Ferrix. Of those five B plots, four of them are about white people. <laughs> so we have Cassian, we have the Imperial supervisor guy, and then everyone else is white. And I'm like. Okay, so did we really do it, Joe? Like, and also if you look at the number of women, two of them are women of color. Two? Three? Two. Two of them. I was like, okay, have we really won here? Um, because it doesn't feel like winning to me. So I just, and I, I don't, I don't like to be nitpicky about that kind of stuff, but especially when they're like, I expected all the rebels to die, so it's fine, and that makes sense. It's, it makes sense for bitches to be lying, dying left and right, absolutely. But then for them to be like, See, we have black characters. We killed all of them. You're like, okay. And wh- and why do we have so many white characters? Like, the balance is off. But that is what always happens in Star Wars. I'm like, okay. Really? Um, do better. Like, the Obi-Wan show, like, the Obi-Wan show introduced a black woman. When have they? I see no other black female characters other than in the High Republic, which seems to be doing all the heavy lifting. So. Does anyone want to bring back i don't want to be like well can we end on a positive note but like does anyone want to have anything positive they want to say so we don't end being like fuck star wars i'll say something the eye was really pretty um we didn't have to see cyril car in this whole episode so i was like we did it <laughs> but at the same time me and noah are waiting for that man to cry we're on cyril Karn crying watch right now <laughs> This is, yeah, this is our, our joint new segment called Cyril Karn Crywatch, where we ask the important burning question, did Cyril Karn cry this episode? Maybe. We didn't see him. So maybe he was crying a lot. We didn't see him. Maybe Yeah, that's why they didn't show him, because he was actually crying. He was he shitting and farting, his... crying, throwing up. Maybe he finished his cereal finally. The fact that really our only criticisms of the episode were like representation based and other like the storytelling other than that was great i mean says a lot like i mean i'm very much like i can't wait to see what happens like especially for cassian i was a little puzzled with cassian being like okay you know give me a ship or whatever and i was like okay well he told you you could leave after this job and he was gonna pay you like why are you threatening her for it you you don't need to he said that was that's what he was gonna do like why why are you freaking out about this? He doesn't even want to see Luthen again. He's just like, nah, I'm, I'm over it. Bye, like, besties. Only King, you don't no, have to try him this his hard. ugly ass wig. <laughs> he doesn't know about the wig. Remember, he, he changed know. after he left Cassian. You can tell when him. You can you can tell. There's yeah. a vibe. Luthen has the vibe of a man with a wig. 
Yeah, but I just think like is just... Luther Kendall Roy coded? No. <laughs> L no. to the OG as sung by Luther. <laughs> I'm just I'm excited to see I'm excited to see where what Cassian does now on his little like who who am I? This is this is his who am I Valjean moment I right hear. When he, when he... Stop bringing Les Mis into this goddamn podcast, it, but it is, I swear. But it is, though. Um, this is not really, like, a, a final thought. It's just that the reason I ask if he's Kendall Roy coded is because I remember a tweet that I'll never, ever stop thinking about so long as I live. It's a picture of Kendall Roy that said, I know he wants to give Alpha male, but his physiognomy is only cocksucker. I think about that whenever I see Luther on screen. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck oh, is what wrong the fuck? with you? And you're not wrong is the thing. If you guys saw the behind the scene photos of like um Belle and Cinta's like actresses, they're very slay and very like cute. Um there's one where they're literally taking a nap together and sharing a blanket. So that that is what's important. I feel like we really downplayed the lesbianism in this episode uh cuz we were talking about other things like hashtag #fascism flop. Anyways, point is is it not First of all, they're kind of like U-Haul lesbians because they were like, we don't know anything about their relationship, but <laughs> I just imagined that they entered a consensual workplace relationship when they were like, oh, hey, hey, girly, do you want to kill some bitches? And then they did. And I just think that's a very romantic date, Have, doing a little bit of swimming and then climbing and then running and then shooting and then taking hostages. You forgot it's hiding so- under a rock while someone's pissing. <laughs> Cinta said, next to you. I, Cinta said, I thought you were taking me to the Highlands. What is this? You didn't say you were going to have to work while we were here. She said, just, I just have like one little thing for work. Um, It's not a big deal. But if you could like just wear an Imperial outfit and stay here, that would be so slay, okay. babe. I also can't remember if it was Vel or Cinta. One of them had an outfit and it reminded me so much of Fennec Shand. And I got, I was so sad. I, I think missed it was, my girl It was Cinta. Because she, she had a very snatched waist and was also wearing these like H&M ass boots. And I was Period. like... And it was, again, she was basically wearing, like, jeans <laughs> with this, like, vest-looking thingy. And I was like, oh, I would wear that. I, I will pause it. I do think that they were a thing before the Rebellion. I think they were, like, Kanan. They could have been, like, Kanan and Hera, where Vel was, like, I'm in the Rebellion. And then Cinta was, like, the Empire fucked with me. And she's like, do you want to join the, Re- do you want to join the Rebellion? That's a euphemism for kissing me on the mouth. <laughs> That's Harrison Dula coded. So, hello again and welcome to our favorite segment, Name That Ship, where you either send us a fic, we have a form, it's in our uh, description notes, or uh, one of our lovely hosts goes into the depths of the archive of our own and finds a Star Wars fanfiction that is either interesting or crazy or just that we need to share with the class. And we play a little game where we read out to you the tags maybe the summary and you have to guess what is the ship or the crossover sometimes uh in this in this fic we do a little guessing game one might say this is about the celebration of the medium of fan fiction so do not go and seek out this fan fiction do not go and seek out this author um we are we do this out of love so don't harass people um and these people create art for free okay so all that being said Today, I bring you a fic brought to us by the actual Kate Bishop on TikTok, who often brings us fics. This is a crossover, and you're going to have to guess what this crossover is. Some of the things I will have to skip because it includes things in this crossover. This is Rated Mature. Um, It is a crossover with one thing. I will say that this thing is 
across mediums, but is mainly associated with one thing. Um, the relationships are character A from crossover slash Star Wars character B. Character A from crossover slash character C from crossover. Character A and character C. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out which ones I should have you guess and which ones I should give you. <laughs> oh, this is so dark. Oh, you know, um, character D slash character E. Character, what are the letters after E? Oh, character F slash character. Holy shit. Um, G. G. Uh, <laughs> what's after G? H. Character H slash oh. character A. Those are both from a crossover. So, so today we work with Patty and decided on how banks work and has also forgotten the English alphabet. Listen, I'm the oldest one here. I get to have dementia. No, her, oh. alpha, her grandma, grandma's off her meds. If, if, if you guys see this description, you would know how I'm forgetting the alphabet right now. This is um, the part of the documentary where they're like, and then Claudia started forgetting how the bank okay. worked and also okay. the alphabet um character a again slash another character a different character from the crossover okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some of these star wars ships yeah can um, you give us can you yeah. give us a hand this is getting in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. unintelligible I'm, I'm gonna give you the star wars ships and not the crossover ones uh it has thrawn eli vanto kane and jaris harrison doula wedge antilles luke skywalker leo organa han solo Character A slash character B from the other thing. Um, character A and another character from the thing. Character A and another character from the thing. Character A slash that same character. Oh, Lord. Character A and character who is tendentially related to that other thing. I'm on character A and everyone. Character A is kind of a kind of a slut. When you figure out character A is, is the crossover <laughs> the Bible. So the characters are character A, Luke Skywalker, Leo Organa, Han Solo, character C, who's from the other thing, original Chiss characters, original characters. Additional tags are Thrawn needs a hug, established Thrawn, <laughs> slash Eli Vanto, art enthusiast Thrawn. Character A, Defense Squad. Character A, Angst. Character A, You Slut. Character A, Logic is the Best Logic. Poor Character A, Poor Life Choices. And Preg. <laughs> character A. Character Pack A has PTSD. Character A has issues. Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker bonding time. Darth Vader lives. Darth Vader redemption. Darth Vader needs a hug. Everyone needs a hug. Character A has too many kids. Only character A can get pregnant. <laughs> I'll explain why I promise. Character C always says the wor absolute worst thing he could possibly say. Character A has a twin. Jesus Christ. Is, so this, many is, this, is this Star Trek? <laughs> no. Fuck, um, I heard um, you say logic and I was like, perhaps. Okay, so it is a part of a series. Um, the Are title... any of these characters from any Jane Austen novels? No. The, char the, the title is called The Warlord Who Would Become Emperor... No, because I feel like I've seen this fic. The is this is, is this so... the X Men? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> is Charles Xavier the one who could get pregnant? No. Is it but Magneto? Is it Eric Lyncher? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my is Eric Lyncher Magneto? What? And then, so the first ship is is Magneto slash Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> oh the God. second Stop. one is Stop. Magneto slash Charles. Oh. <laughs> 
behavior. Oh my god. And then it also has Tannikin. <laughs> and then it also has Emma Frost, Magneto, Magneto Sebastian Shaw. Um What the fuck? Get um, him away from that. Man. Magneto Magna Magda. Magneto and Mystique. Also, Magneto and. and Tony Stark, but not as a ship, just an and. No, okay, you know what would happen if there was Magneto and Tony Stark? Tony Stark would be dead. <laughs> Tony Stark would be murdered. Um, so the, the summary for this fic, the way you one-shotted this. The summary- I know, because I'm not going to lie, I've spent a lot of time in some of those tags, okay. I don't need to say I, which ones. So I, I was going to say only Magneto M. Craig. That is hilarious. Um, I was going to say this is a part of a series. Um, it was inspired apparently by another fic that is just a Eric and Charles Star Wars fusion fic, and apparently. In a galaxy far, far away, there was a warlord with a reputation for being not like most. Magnus, oh god. <laughs> being Magnus. The merciless one. No, he's no, the one who's... when it comes to the defense of my Jewish icon, <laughs> that is so... Okay, Wait, also, okay. I would like the, I would like the, the audience fic? to be aware... I like the audience to be aware that I made a joke in the chat about this being a Torah crossover, and I wasn't wrong. Okay, in the fic, though... <laughs> he kind of slays because he kills Jabba the Hutt and then he frees all of the slaves and droids. Once again, Magneto, okay. He kind of popped off with that. Why is Han Solo there? I can't believe you one-shotted me. I was going to literally go, it's something that Ollie likes and then we would have gotten it quite quickly. Also, Eric has a twin. I gotta circle back to that. So, this one is a little weird. I'm very fascinated by it. I was taken immediately. This is character A slash character B. It's rated T for T. Character A slash character B. Character A, character B. Developing relationship. Light angst. Flirting. Tag that's going to give it away immediately. Carbonite freezing. Alternate universe canon divergence. World building. A couple other characters that are mentioned that I'm not going to say because it'll immediately give it away. Tags may change later. Post time skip. Banter. Rated T for language. Rare pairs. Time travel. Sort of. Do you guys want to hear the description? Yes, please. I would love nothing more. At the end of the Clone Wars, character A has been dragged off to a Galactic Army of the Republic black site and frozen in carbonite. It's been two weeks since he woke up to find himself collapsing onto onto the sandy floor of Jabba's palace, staring up at character B, and 20 years removed from a life to him that was only moments old. Now character A and character B find each other alone on the rebel base, and character B is curious about character A. Is it Kix and Luke Skywalker? No, but I like where your head is at. Genetically, is that's very similar. Genetically, you're basically exactly right. Is So are they two men? No. Oh, so was one of them Leia? Leia? One of them is Leia. Character B is Leia. Oh my god. Rex? Okay, so character A is a no. clone. I would say this character does not have enough, enough proximity to Anakin Skywalker or Padme to make it weird. So it's, is it a clone? It is a clone. Wolf. Okay. It's not Wolf. Are they part of the 501st? No. Cody? No. <laughs> that gay little gentleman? Are you kidding? Fox. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is, Fox has been frozen in carbonite. The Clone Wars ends and they say, okay, get in. And they freeze him in carbonite. And then he wakes up in Jabba's palace, looking up at Leia, who is wearing a mask, like like the same scene from which he saves Han Solo. Oh wow. And oh wow. 
and also she, they're on the rebel base and she's curious about clones i'm like this is crazy this is this is I'm insane like, girl did you know rex like she girl. said she said you're just like him but younger i, I just, can't blame her it just, it's so i just was i saw this i was taken aback my jaw hit the floor there's only one fic in this entire tag I like you guys remember that one time that i brought a fox slash vlad dracula fic to this i yeah. Noah, yeah. it's it's about to be halloween i think about that fic so often it's insane I love I how Fox is like similar. barely in anything, but he is kind of like Glubshido of choice for a lot of he people. Is, I will say he is one of my favorite clones. I think he's so slay. That's why I was just like, if they're not a five hundred first member, it's got to be Fox because Ollie's one of or those wolf. people who thinks about Fox. Yeah, that does kind of specifically really, like I see Fox and I'm like, wait a minute, hang on. Um, also, I will say, it is getting close to the Halloween season. If anyone has any spooky fix. Anything that's funny, like Noah mentioned oh. Fox slash Vlad Dracula. So if anyone has anything that's a little spooky or strange in that respect, feel free to send them our way. I'm doing a little searching for our, spoiler alert, for our maybe Halloween-themed episode. So if you see that, send those our way, because we would love to see them. Thank you so much for joining us this week for another episode of our and our coverage on RuPaul's Pod Race. For updates, Star Wars news, our reactions to the High Republic Phase 2 as it comes out, and more cursed shit, you can follow us on social media at RuPaul's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, if you want to ask us a question, please do. Um, we have lots of fun answering them. You can go into our TikTok Q&A, or you can send us an email at RuPaul'sPodRace at gmail.com. If you really love the show, please make sure that you rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, Overcast, whatever app you use that allows you to rate and review. Go do it. I promise. We will love you very much. Um, it helps people find the show. And uh, may the force be with you. And don't crip it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. waka, waka. <laughs>